You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right. Try that again. Uh, all right. Welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. Bring in the entire gang as it's a little bit of a somber day. Let me get this one in. Big news. Oh, yeah, it hit. It hit just like that. Sooners, West Virginia canceled. No game this weekend. It is Thursday. I apologize that we're putting this pod out a little bit late, but I'm not sorry because if we would have put it out yesterday, it would have been yet another West Virginia pod previewing West Virginia, a game that isn't going to happen. Now it is officially canceled. The Sooners, uh, I did reach out to some people in the uh, administration, was told that they the Sooners will not uh, reschedule that game uh, or try and come up with another game to play. I know a lot of fans want them to try and pick a fight with Ohio State or Texas A&M uh, because they're not playing this weekend, but that's not going to happen from uh, uh, everybody I've talked to this morning. We welcome in the entire crew, Josh McQuistion. Josh, I'll say hello to you first. Well, I feel so special to be number one. I, you know, suck on that, Eddie and Bob. I had to turn you up there. I'm sorry. Uh, Eddie, Rado- <laughs> Eddie Radosevich, uh, hopefully vacationing somewhere with his uh, Dead Soxie assortment. I layered up yesterday, and it was perfect. You like to layer. You're a layering I love, fan. I love a good layer, but yes, uh, broadcasting live from the mountains of uh, Steamboat, Colorado this afternoon it's been a crazy morning though with everything that's gone down like i woke up and the last thing i thought was like oh you was going to be canceled basically and sure enough two hours later we're sitting here and that's what happened so it's uh it's been an interesting day and like it's fun to talk about oh you scheduling somebody but it's not gonna happen in 24 hours basically and have to prepare for a game like that's just the most nonsensical thing i've ever heard what is exactly? Explain it to me. Oh, just like everybody, like immediately saying, like, "Oh, you should schedule Tulsa. Oh, okay. You should schedule yeah. Ohio State." It's like that's they're they're not going to schedule a game ten days before the Big Twelve Championship. Now, it's kind of like what we talked about last week, though. As far as the, uh, I think we talked about it on the U forty last week. Is like Riley was hell bent to get that Baylor game in, and we can see why. I mean, we we talked about this exact scenario as far as. I wouldn't trust West Virginia to do anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, they're not in a position to really take care of themselves in terms of being careful with COVID and stuff like that. And that's what you worried about as the season went along. Uh, Bob Prisbillo joins us. He's been writing up a storm this week, and uh, basketball has started, so he's had his eye on that. I, 
I hope you just stopped watching at some point last night, Bob. Just, just you really you earned your pay last night watching that second half of uh, Xavier, Oklahoma. That was a rough twenty minutes, but then you see <laughs> Victory Walkor come in and he he played well. But yeah, that Xavier couldn't miss. There were so many flashbacks to the Final Four against Nova. Yeah, just same kind of uniforms. Away, move on. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, they're blue and white and. Xavier's got a beautiful campus. It's in a dump, but it's beautiful um, in Cincinnati there. But, no, uh, yeah, I mean, today we're sitting here, and I know I wanted to address this right off the bat. So I, I know a lot of people are like, well, why don't they just schedule Tulsa? Why don't they try and schedule Texas A&M? And, look, I think everybody has to keep a certain amount of perspective about this season, uh, that it's amazing that the Big 12 almost played all of their games. When you look at the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, uh, they ha- the Big Ten has to change their rules because Ohio State couldn't get enough games in to qualify for their championship game. Uh, the Big 12 came within one decision, basically, maybe two. We'll see what happens with Texas and Kansas. Uh, but they don't want to lose these games. I mean, I, it was Kirk Bowles that said Bob Bowlesby told them uh, each of these games counts for $3.5 million in, in TV money. So... If Texas and Kansas State and OU and West Virginia doesn't play, the conference loses seven million dollars, and there's not nobody wants to lose seven million dollars right now. It's a bad deal. So, but you know what I'm saying, I guess, is you you've got to at least recognize how fortunate you are to have played this many games. And look, I understand you want everybody wants and deserves some normalcy, and I don't begrudge anyone for. Uh, you know, wanting to fire your coach or being mad at, you know, a backup safety or being mad at Buki, uh, you know, just just living your lives like you normally would in a year. But you do have to at some point step back and say, look, this team made it to the Big 12 championship in a year that we'll probably never see again in college football in our lifetimes, hopefully. Uh, and just appreciate that and not worry about the college football playoff rankings and why they're not trying to schedule a game in two days, they could, you know, end up traveling and going, having another COVID spike and affecting the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that it's it's almost like we've talked about this every week as far as just be thankful that they're playing, be thankful that they're having the opportunity. And at some point it's like, I, I don't know, I don't want it to be over by any means, but we are getting to the end of it to where it's like, I'm just thankful that they were even able to play, especially when you've seen here over the last, basically for the last month, teams basically having to cancel every other weekend or not even getting through the week. So, I mean, it's just a, it's a weird year. And I mean, it's, it, it is crazy to think that even when we were doing like the uh, Eskridge Lexus post game podcast after like the Iowa state game, even, I mean, for this team to basically pick themselves up off the floor and get to a Big 12 championship game, see the way that the defense has been playing, I think that's probably the most disappointing thing is you don't get to see the defense. But I guess in a weird, strange way, it's it's one less game that a Ronnie Perkins can put on tape. So, I mean, does that, like, I don't know, force his hand to maybe come back? I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying to look for positives out of uh, he kind could of not, a by the way, situation. Yeah, he could not have said, I'm leaving for the NFL any stronger than he did with that statement. <laughs> about wanting to put more down on film. Yeah. 
it's 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 just weird. And you know, I we'll get into I'm sure what was said yesterday with like with Alex Grinch and that group of uh, the defensive players that we talked to and Trey Trey Norwood, Brian Osamo, and Ronnie Perkins. But I was just sitting there and it was almost I don't know. I guess because they're actually doing it on the field. And Bob, you wrote about this yesterday, but because they're out on the field and actually forcing turnovers, getting stops, the numbers match up. It's like it definitely feels like something has changed. I, I don't know. Maybe they're speaking uh, more confidently about it. But, I mean, I think you can officially say that there has been a culture change within the Oklahoma defense. And I don't know. It's, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it all had to start with the pass rush because that is just sped up everything. You know, that's sort of what Grinch was saying. Is if everything's sped up by like a half second and quarterback is having to go faster, receivers having to look for the ball quicker, mistakes are going to be made. And OU, not only are mistakes being made, at least now OU's making them count, making them pay for it. That's what, I mean, even in Ames, they had all those chances. They couldn't come down with that, with any of them. But now we're actually seeing what happens when one piece works together, how it's going to help the the other pieces work too. By the way, one other thing I didn't mention is, you know, trying to schedule a game and, and hurriedly this week. Like, why go in and get yourself beat up this weekend? And everybody said, oh, oh, you should play Tulsa. They're right next to you. You really think Tulsa wants to play OU and get beat up by a team before they go and play for a conference championship against Cincinnati next week? No, they're not going to want to play that game. It's just, it's almost a non-starter. It's it just not going to happen. I would have loved it, though. It would have been fun. Uh, well, Ohio State would have been fun. Texas A&M would have been fun. Oh, that would have been badass. For you, Tulsa, yeah, maybe that's that's a starter just because it's Tulsa in your history. And you probably would have said something after a win and gotten blocked again. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably, but <laughs> that's what the, that's what the, that's what the dance is all about. We're it, two weeks away from maybe really playing the Aggies and sure. the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, it, it's going to be really strange guys over the next, I guess, you know, kind of week and a half to two weeks because Big 12 championship so late, it rolls right into a, into a bowl game. I mean, you know, and obviously, you know, I, We'll have plenty of time to break down what's going to happen in the Iowa State game, but with both of those teams not playing this week, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, just on the just looking at it, and I know that Ronnie didn't play up in Ames, but it it had this game almost feels like a 2017 TCU Big 12 championship to me. I'm not I, I'm not saying that OU is just going to kick the shit out of them, but I don't I don't know. I could you kind of are though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. know. I mean that game that was, was a laugher, man. I mean Baker just torch them and and that was when uh you had the scoop and score early by caleb kelly yep i i don't i don't necessarily disagree with eddie because i mean you I, guys just look at what you're betting on here i mean like if it's coming down to decisions like between brock purdy and spencer rattler i'll take spencer rattler eight days a week brock purdy at some point Living under the pressure that we're talking about Oklahoma putting quarterbacks under right now, do we really think Brock Purdy's going to hold up in that? I, I, I just don't see that it. Pressure, and he still gave chances to Pat Field. Yeah. Guys, and we talk about how poorly Oklahoma played in that game. They're a Theo Weiss deep ball catch from probably winning that game. I'm not probably strong, but like – 
having the lead in the last three or four minutes. Well, yeah, when Isaiah Thomas forced that, that sack fumble, I mean, they had all the momentum in the world. That's where they should have turned around and won that football game. And it just, yeah, offensively, just didn't happen for them. And they had the kickoff return. The kickoff return killed them in that game. And then if I remember right, didn't right after the, the strip sack, didn't they, the first play, wasn't there a hold or something? And it seemed like they lived in first and 20, second and 17 that entire game. That I mean, those that two-week stretch there with Kansas State and Iowa State was just bizarre. Well, it was the second half where the offense just disappeared. I mean, that, that was what happened in Kansas and, and Kansas State and Iowa State. And then Brees Hall got going in the run game. Uh, and it just controlled the football game in the second half. And OU was settling for field goals instead of touchdowns. And I mean, it, it is going to be interesting because you'll have Ramondre Stevenson, you'll have Ronnie Perkins, uh, and really it's going to come down to can you control Brees Hall in the running game, I think. Because if you can put it on, on uh, um, Brock Purdy's shoulders, he's kind of proven that he doesn't handle that all that well. When he has to be... You know, like an Oklahoma-type quarterback, that's not him. Yeah, I mean, I OU's biggest, the biggest question mark with OU, or how OU defends Iowa State will be, you know, what are they going to do with those tight ends? And, mm-hmm. you know, Kerry, I, you kind of insinuated this week, maybe you could fit somewhere a Robert Barnes, a bigger body out there. Yeah, it, I don't know how much, uh, you know, he will really be in the plans. Um, I, you know, I... I I think it takes a lot of pressure off this coaching staff that everybody gets this year free. So I, I think the players, somebody like Robert Barnes, who comes in, struggles, goes to the bench. He's been good on special teams. Uh, and now he got a taste of playing. He probably doesn't want to give it up. He could he can handle that a little bit better, knowing that he's got a free year. By the way, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, your support of our uh, sponsor of the Unofficial 40 Podcast, Dead Soxy. Uh, Dead Soxy. Uh, ran a special promotion after the Bedlam game, uh, giving you 41% off because that's what o, that's how many points OU scored. Uh, that was a great success. And we've got another promotion for you guys because it's Christmas, it's holidays. Uh, you got to shop quickly if you want to get some special gifts uh, for those closest to you. And Dead Soxy is a great holiday gift. Just enter the promo code HOLIDAYPRO and you'll get 35% off site-wide on your next Dead Soxy order. Uh, great pairs of socks. Uh, Eddie and I both uh, wear ours uh, all the time. Just fantastic socks and uh, great, make great gifts as well. You can do, do the uh, crimson and cream colorways uh, if you want to do that. But the Holiday Pro, that's 35% off your entire order uh, site-wide. And uh, it's a great deal. Great company to work with. Great that you guys are supporting them. Can't appreciate them enough. Uh, for being sponsors of the unofficial 40. So go check them out, DeadSoxy, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And remember, guys, stay soxy. Okay, so let me fill you guys in on what is going on. We just took a little bit of a break because uh, Lincoln Riley had a uh, he had a Zoom call with the beat writers uh, this afternoon. It's kind of our small group uh, that we usually get to do every week, but this year we really haven't got to do it a whole lot. Uh, and Lincoln Riley drops a bombshell in his uh, press briefing with the beat writers. I'm just going to play it for you. First off, Barry Trammell starts us out, and then Garen Emig from the Tulsa World follows it up. I was just going to say Ohio State's free on Saturday. That's what I was going to ask him about. What if Ryan Day called you as soon as we were done here? And we would play. <laughs> 
Seriously? Yeah, no doubt we would play. We would love to play. I mean, I'd listen, I know the logistics, I mean, wanting to play and actually being able to make that happen, I understand are two different things. Right. There's so, so much to go through. You're talking about different leagues that are doing testing different. I mean, there's doing playing a game right now is not as it's never simple, but it's not quite as simple as it used to be. So, uh, I mean, from, from a competitive standpoint, shoot, we would we would love to play. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I mean, that's the feasibility of doing something on that late of notice. You know, with all the procedures and all that, it's I I don't see it happening. Ah, uh, boy. What does Jason Kersey want? Let's see here. Uh, Jason Kersey now joins us as we're recording the podcast. Uh, uh, all right. See you later. Sorry. <laughs> we're talking basketball, Kersey. Get in here. He says Sorry. we're talking no, basketball, it's... women's basketball. It's a women's basketball report now live with Jason Kersey from The Athletic. <laughs> Am I actually on the podcast? Yes, we're recording right now. We had to stop oh the podcast for Lincoln Zoom. Uh, and then we're restarting now. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I, I'm very sorry to interrupt. I'll just wait to listen. To what the world to wants to know what you wanted to, to interrupt the pod. Important. It's not important, and I can't say it on the pod. So, Are you Jason, reporting are, that OU and Ohio State are going to play on Saturday? Eddie wants to know if you're <laughs> reporting that OU and Ohio State are playing Saturday. Uh, you know, I... I I, I can't scoop myself, you know. That that's coming. Holy shit. Uh oh. What? Alright, hey, I, I've taken up way too much of your time already. I'll talk to you later. Alright, later. I love how the people who call just become a part of the show now. They have no choice. If you call me, I can't wait till we get a telemarketer. And so I can just screw with them. It's the bad average. thing is you guys can't hear, so that just kinda sucks. But, yeah, I relate all your information. So, what the hell? Uh, Lincoln Riley says... I'd like to play in the Masters next year, too, and that's not going to happen. I mean, that's basically what I got out of it. It, it doesn't yeah, there was a, say no. There was a huge like, caveat there that he, he included in the we would play. Sure. Oh, you think you think the Twitter.com is going to... No! They want to play. To that down? I just saw Dusty Dvorak <laughs> doing the LFG. Like uh, he was supposed to call the West Virginia game. He he's free. He could call that game. I'm sure that he would want to. I mean, it would be great. It just like the logistics of it. Just it would never be able to happen. I mean, I think I and it it it's one thing if Lincoln Riley wants to say it. It doesn't no good too saying that they wouldn't want to play. He'd look like a pussy if he did. But like now, it's like yeah, sounds great. I'd like to play in all the majors next year in the golf, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, I am <laughs> I am just looking at the mentions now going absolutely apeshit uh, on Twitter since we put this out there. What I'm a touch to? concerned that Eddie finds him playing in the Masters My and God. OU playing Ohio State similar. I tweeted this. Yeah, because it's not going to happen. I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted this 137, so this was... Ten minutes ago, it's already up to 91 retweets and 446 likes with 98 quote tweets. If there's anything that I've learned over the last 365 days, it's that people love living in a fantasy land. <laughs> uh, this is glorious. I mean, it's gonna. this is not going to stop anytime soon. There will be people leading all the way up to Saturday morning probably asking, are they going to play today? No! 
please let him play. Please let him play. Please let him play. I just I I want to play this back when when it could happens. you play I'm it ready. at like Lucas Oil Stadium? Just meet. Is that in, that's not in the middle? I guess Kansas City would Kansas I, City. I was thinking Kansas middle? City. Yeah, or they'd probably both love it in St. Louis. As that's much as a they're lot of St. Louis right now. That's a lot of logistics to get around though. A neutral site mm-hmm. game in two days with COVID. That's probably impossible. It's going to have to be. Like it's not happening, but if it did happen, it would have to be at somebody's stadium. Don't we agree? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it, it just is. It's impossible. Neither, but neither of those teams are going to want to get beat up before their championship game. Although Ohio State's won't be as difficult because I don't think Northwestern's that good. Was Ohio State hosting Michigan? That's a good question that I don't know the answer to. Because that, that would be your easiest way. If they were supposed to be hosting and OU supposed to be on the road. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt OU would have to travel there to play. Then you just keep it as is. It's supposed to be Buckeyes Michigan at 11, OU West Virginia at 11. Said it's OU and the Buckeyes at 11. How's the scoop handling this right now? That game was supposed to be in, a, uh, in Columbus, by the way. There you go. The first Just tell response, those stadium workers to come back. The first response on the Sooner Scoop is, damn it, Ryan Day, if you're going to take a Mecca, at least fight us for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I that's amazing. To that idea, like the winner of that game gets a Mecca. That's a, that's a great idea. I, I, I see kinda, no downfall. I'm kind of turning around. I, I kind of like that idea. <laughs> I, I, I'll now be that, honest. I was stunned how negative Eddie was on this idea. Now that human bets are involved, you're down. Well, it's just, yeah, like <laughs> bets for people. Lying. Yes, I mean this should be right up my alley, but it just it it's kind of bozo world thinking that people think that that would even it's even remotely possible that they could play. It's not going to have it's. Two o'clock on a three o'clock on a Thursday. They can't turn that around that quickly. Oh, uh, what Coastal Carolina? Yeah, but that was on like on a Wednesday. Can you was can you divert Wednesday? that charter to Columbus that was going to Morgantown? I mean, they already booked the charter. There you go. We're I mean, making this happen. By yeah, the way, needs some type of we need some kind of title sponsor on this game if they're going to do it. Someone wants to start a GoFundMe on the Crimson Corner. I don't know that they need gonna, a GoFundMe. I'm going to start a uh, rumor that Ohio State refuses to do it because of Baker Mayfield's actions in 2017. <laughs> I, I was wondering, is Baker going to be on the sideline with a flag? Just Baker, like waiting, yeah. like Baker, waving it? Baker should like be like the president. He should ask for a presidential address where he goes and challenges Ryan Day to a fight. <laughs> like declares war on Ohio State. And dares them to play his Oklahoma Sooners. I I love it. Just the anarchy that would Ohio would become as the Browns and Ohio State have to battle one another. What is Joe C doing right now, by the way? Do you think he's just like, what is my football coach doing? He's stabbing needles underneath <laughs> his fingernails. It's a it's a it's a win win situation for Riley though. Like Right. He says, yeah, they want to play, and that gets everybody excited. If he would have said the opposite, it would just be a shit show anyways. Does I it, agree. Is it out there like Texas A&M fans are begging to play Oklahoma? Is that what's going on? Or is it just the other way around, or is it equal? Like, is there momentum for Texas A&M? Because outside of today, no one's ever really brought them up. 
Who? A&M. I guess it's just because they're available and they're high up in the rankings that would help Oklahoma. And they're, and they're yeah, I mean, regionally around. I don't know. I, I, I just think it's everybody's just throwing stuff out there. I mean, at, at the end of the day, people just want to watch football. I, I don't think it matters who. By the way, there are no fans at Ohio State, so it, it would just be an empty stadium that you're playing in. So yeah. bring them to Norman and be like, don't be pussies. It's it's 15,000 people. Like, <laughs> just don't nothing to be scared of here. And what if, a, what if a Mecca came back, though, and then Ryan Day was like, nope, we're not playing. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's going to be offered his tribute, I mean, he's got to be there somewhere, right? His tribute. <laughs> <laughs> you read those books, didn't you? Uh, no, Tiffany did. I, I've, I've, I watched the movie not long ago. I guess that's why that, where that came from. I do not We're enjoy it. Will we be able to get a credential Games. in time? Oh, they, they, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, it probably Let's just have to out. be no media. I mean, oh, horse shit. Like, I will drive up there and I'll throw Bob over a fence <laughs> if that's what I've got to do. <laughs> we will be covering that. We, we know the layout of the place. Exactly. Right. All we got to do is get behind. We know where the visitor's in. locker room is and all that stuff. I, no. You know, T. TV rights could be a problem. Hey, we could just we could live stream it on YouTube, uh, our Scoop channel on YouTube. It'd be our first big start. I love it. Did uh, did was this was this going to be the big noon game, Ohio State Michigan? Yes. yes. Okay. So Fox Without probably the has the rights to this. We're guessing. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Now let's just keep connecting bullshit dots. Let's just keep <laughs> going all the way down. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to be fun watching the chaos, but other than that, I I would be shocked if anything actually happened. I agree. Let's push for Sunday. I, Let's push for Sunday. You can't do it Saturday, I get it. Let's push for Sunday. Are you going to push the Big 12 back today, too? You can't. Uh, yeah, OU wants to play Ohio State on a short, short rest for the Big 12 <laughs> championship. Yeah. I have a better chance of winning the lottery today than OU and Ohio State playing. I just want to know, like, what does Lincoln Riley do after he leaves that room after we interviewed him? Does he call, like, does he call Probably Grinch? Or does he, does he, yeah, you know he's laughing his ass off. And and I'm sure Hauk is like, Mike Hauk, SID. Drew... He probably walked into Drew Hill's office and was like, you'll never believe what I just said. Uh, <laughs> they're probably laughing about it. Uh, yeah, now, now every, does, Ryan Day's active on Twitter, isn't he? Uh, Let's go yeah, see somewhat, what his mentions not makeup like. on his face. He, I don't think he wears makeup. He just has rosy cheeks. Let's see. What is his? Know. Somebody tell me what his handle is. Something weird. It's like Coach Ryan Day or something like that. It, no, it's it's Ryan Day time. Oh, okay. Let's check out Ryan Day times mentions here. See where we are. Oh, he hasn't done anything. Stop running. Over. Rattler wants to plant the flag in the shoe. <laughs> Ryan Day time. <laughs> Uh, little what's up? Uh, don't be, don't a, coward. be a coward. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the very next one's a quote tweet: Ryan Daytime coward. Uh, 
Wow. You're welcome, Ryan. We were <laughs> really glad that you're getting all this shit aimed at you. Oh, you know, he's, gonna... he's like, what happened? Like, wh- <laughs> he, he's where like, did this start? Oh, yeah. you know, he he got up like an like twenty minutes or ten minutes ago. He's like, who the fuck is SoonerScoop.com? <laughs> oh my god, that is just too beautiful. Uh, all right, well, no West Virginia this weekend. Look, no o- Ohio State. I mean, I. I hate to be that. You hate to make any kind of, you know, declaration like this. Because, I mean, this could be, I mean, this has got to be like lead Scott Van Pelt tonight, doesn't it? Like, Seriously? ESPN is going to demand video from this Zoom call that we were on. I mean, I think it, I don't know. I, I completely think it's more of a joke than it is anything else. I don't think he was serious at all. But someone said seriously, honest. Eddie. Do you huh? want to hear it one more time? Someone said seriously, Eddie. Seriously? Seriously? It's just impossible. It almost pisses me <laughs> off thinking about it. I'm going to play it one more time <laughs> just to see if I can get you more triggered. Here it is. I was just going to say Ohio State's free on Saturday. That's what I was going to ask him about. What if Ryan Day called you as soon as we were done here? And we would play. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? Yeah, no doubt we would play. We would love to play. I mean, I'd listen, I know the logistics. I mean, wanting to play and actually being able to make that happen, I understand, are two different things. Right. There's so, so much to go through. You're talking about different leagues that are doing testing different. I mean, there's doing playing a game right now is not as it's never simple, but it's not quite as simple as it used to be. So uh I mean, from, from a competitive standpoint, shoot, we would we would love to play. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I mean, that's the feasibility of doing something on that late of notice. You know, with all the procedures and all that, it's I I don't see it happening. That's a lot of backtracking from we would play. I will say that. I uh, you know can we when we when you know. when you cut this later, cut all that makes Eddie sound right out of it if you could. Like <laughs> let, let's just go. The initial answer. Just end it like right here. Yeah, no doubt we would play. We would love to play. Bam! <laughs> That's all he said. I didn't hear anything else. That's already out there. You know. <laughs> it's John Wayne, Lincoln Riley. I mean, every once in a while he goes John Wayne. That that was an I'm your Huckleberry kind of moment. I I like. I think it. it was a Doc Hollywood. Oh yeah, he's Doc Hollywood, Lincoln Riley. Doc Holliday. Let, let's not confuse him with Hollywood? Michael J. Fox. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's that's some weird imagery. Although Michael J. Fox as Doc Holliday, that could have been fantastic. Don't make a joke about the trigger. Don't make a joke about the trigger. <laughs> Wouldn't be as good with a gun in his hand. I, yeah, he I would. Would've... He would accidentally shoot a lot of people. I was like, I don't know if I should make this joke. I'm not going to. Eddie goes right for it. Attaboy. Wyatt Earp would have been a much shorter movie. <laughs> <laughs> which, it, which the Kevin Costner version needed to be. I know people that swear that's the better I like one. it. They I like lo- it better. But I also like Dances with Wolves. And I like, I actually, well, I didn't really. Uh, the Postman is pretty bad. And uh, Waterworld is awful. That's unwatchable. 
my dad likes Waterworld. Ugh. He he, and I'm like I I he's like the only human being I've ever met that likes Waterworld. Just Dennis Hopper's t- way too over the top. All right, we mentioned uh, Emeka Ibuka. Is that right? Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's hard. We know. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. That's what we understand. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I mean, Josh has uh, not made people happy with some of his recruiting news in the last couple of days. Yeah. You I'm can check it friends. out on uh, Sooner Scoop on Crimson Corner. Uh, Josh gives you uh, his inside nuggets each and every day as they come in, and we're headed towards signing day, which is coming up on on uh, Wednesday and. Uh, Bob, uh, I'll just let you kind of take things over here before you got to get out uh, and uh, handle uh, recruiting with Josh. Well, Josh, let's just start uh, signing days Wednesday. We got two decisions coming up Friday. First, you got Rem- uh, Remington Strickland, the center from the Houston area, looking like he'll choose between OU and the Aggies. And then at seven o'clock, Egbuka making his choice. Looks like it's down to the Buckeyes and the Sooners. Where's OU going? Are they 0 for 2, 1, 1 for 2, or 2 for 2 when Friday night's done? Guys, I, I, I want to start this. This is almost like my uh, little – I'm going to give you a little psychology here, guys. Just look toward the future. Don't think about Friday. Just try to think there are better days ahead because I like where Oklahoma is for almost everyone that is not deciding on Friday. Um, but – you know, I, I put last week in the scoop, and I had started to hear some word kind of middle of last week that Remington Strickland was probably not going to be in this class. And it just sounds like, you know, kid grew up an A&M fan. It's just one of his dreams to play there. Like, you know, good. Good for him. He's going to go there. Um, I, that, that's my full expectation is that that's his his uh, end result. Um, Emeka Ibuka, uh, this has been an interesting week. I, and I, I can't really, I, I can't decide where I have to start with all of this because I had felt for months, and I've talked about it on the pod, if he took that trip, OU had a chance. And then almost immediately as he leaves campus, I talk to a source that's like, he's coming. It, it, this is going to happen. And, I, and I, I fully admit it's a source that is usually right, but has a tendency to optimism. So I, I put something on the board Sunday. was kind of like, hey, guys, what I'm hearing sounds great, but I want to check around some more. So I check around some more. And then on Monday, it's, it's not just Oklahoma people sounding good. I'm talking to Ohio State sources. They're like, uh, it, this doesn't sound right. This all sounds bad. And then about that same time, Igbuka announces that he's announcing on Friday, moving up his announcement date. That's almost invariably something a kid does when they are picking a school they just visited. Like, I mean, I, I would bet you 95% of the time. So I, it all felt right. And I changed, I, I put in my forecast. I'd never had one to Ohio State because, like I said, I thought he would take this trip and I thought, oh, you had a chance at that point. And I, I went there. And then, I mean, within 24 hours, it was a sea change. Ohio State all of a sudden started sounding better. Oklahoma didn't sound as good, and I, I was like, okay, I'm not going to jump on this. Waited another 24 hours, and it was just kind of more of the same. It, no one's confident. I, I don't. I haven't talked to anyone that's like, yep, it's Ohio State. It's just most likely right now. So if he picks Oklahoma on Friday night, I don't think anyone should be stunned, but it's definitely not what I'm expecting to happen. Do you think it was a case of the visit – the high from the visit wearing off or 
it's just too hard to speculate as to what really changed between Monday and Tuesday. I, I think it's got to be, and I and I, you know, take full responsibility for not really thinking of the post visit high because that's something we talk about all the time, and it, it's yep. real. And I, I, you wonder if it's more real this year with so few visits happening. Like the visits are even bigger, even though they're so marginal in the way they're they can be done because the school can't have anything to do with it. But th- that's what I, I think happened here because it sounds like, you know, I know he talked to Lincoln Riley and Dennis Simmons on Sunday after he got back home. I, I had no indication that that didn't go well. Everything sounded right. And then it sounds like he sat down with Ohio State and everything kind of went back to status quo. And, uh, again, I, I don't think he's given Ohio State any heads up like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, it's going to be you guys. Or t- I know he hasn't told Oklahoma no. But it just, it, it seems like the, the, the wave of momentum just kind of started to recede. It seems like it's so, one of those, it, it just seems like it's one of those two that, like, there was, it's very obvious that his relationship with Ohio State was much longer than Oklahoma's relationship. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, this is a kid that, I mean, not only does he have a longer standing relationship with Ohio State, especially, as a more prevalent part of his recruitment, Oklahoma offered him early, but I, you know, they weren't really in the thick of this until maybe February or March. I mean, that, that's when you really felt like things were starting to pick up. But Caleb Williams, uh, yeah, that, that's a part of it for sure. <laughs> the thing I will say though is also, um, this is a guy that trains um, in the Seattle area, does so with some guys that have sent players to Ohio State. And there's a lot of familiarity there. I mean, from the Seattle area, G. Scott last year, another elite top 50 type wide receiver, went to Ohio State from the Seattle area. I don't know what their relationship is like, but it's certainly better than any wide receiver in Oklahoma's room. So it's one of those things where there were a lot of things that Oklahoma was fighting against here, and I'm pretty impressed they got as close as they did because, like, I can tell you, even as of last night, I was still hearing Ohio State people saying things like, I can't believe it's this close. Like, I can't believe it's come to this. Because he was dead set for Ohio State in everybody's estimation for a year now. So if that's an OU-Buckeye battle that might tend toward Ohio State, is Tristan Lee the opposite? Or is this one actually still trending toward the Sooners? Yeah, I, I still really like where Oklahoma is with Tristan Lee. Everything I was told, the visit went extremely well. Uh, I know, you know, again, upon getting home, he'd already talked to Bill Biedenboe. There was um, there was no indication that anything wasn't just how they wanted it to be. And I felt like Oklahoma has been in front for Tristan Lee for probably a couple of months now. I, I really think they've kind of taken the lead. Uh, funny enough. Since his second trip to LSU, uh, in, in that matter of a couple of weeks where he went down to Baton Rouge a couple of times, um, and it felt like LSU was the one school that maybe could surprise Oklahoma, or not surprise, because they were the leader in a lot of people's estimation, but it felt like they were the school that could take this away from Oklahoma. And just talking to people, that's not the feeling I get. That That's not what I understand is going to happen. Now, he will go to Florida this weekend. Um, that's an kind of a wild card i mean maybe something crazy happens there sec recruiting just strange stuff can happen but he's never mentioned florida prominently and so this would be pretty wild for a kid that i think is very 
considered in the things he says. He's not one that gets too caught up in the wave of emotion or anything. And if the, if that's the case, I just struggle to think it won't be Oklahoma. So now that gets us to signing day itself. You got a couple decisions, even one that's not on the the day. We got Savion Bird on Wednesday, Bryce Foster on Friday. We might be able to talk about more about Foster next week. But with Bird, I mean, is it OU, SMU? Is there any other wild cards or any other scenario that you can see happening? I think. It's I I can't get past OU or SMU. I mean, like if that's kind of what we have to decide on, I think that's what it comes down to. And I know people will say, "Well, you know, home run that that's OU. It's all over here." And normally you're right, but this is a kid that uh, again, his head coach Reggie Sa- uh, Reginald Samples is the father of an assistant on the SMU staff, uh, Rashad Samples, who actually played at Oklahoma State. And, you know, coached at Texas for a time. So there is a, a lot of connection there that gives SMU a chance in this. I mean, they, 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 I, I would say it's probably 55, 45 Oklahoma, 60, 40 Oklahoma, but it's not out of hand. I mean, it's, it's not out of question that Oklahoma could lose this recruitment. So what's interesting though is I can't seem to determine how upset Oklahoma is going to be by that. They know Savion Bird is a tremendously talented guy. They also know he has a lot of work to do. This isn't a guy that's going to be ready next year. This is not Andrew Rame that they're going to be talking about ready to compete at three different positions day one of his freshman year. That's not that's not Savion Bird. But the upside is elite if they can get him there. So it's an interesting deal where I, I feel like OU absolutely wants him, and I think some of the talk that – They've cut him or they're walking away. I think that's premature. I, I don't think that's happened. At the same time, if he does go elsewhere, I don't think OU is going to be mad that they have a scholarship to go use on a grad transfer, like a Chris Murray type situation. Someone else they like at the position that maybe can help them and really be a guy that competes next year. That's going to be my next question. Do you think that any backup plans will come into play for the early signing period, or would it have to wait till February, if it even happens? Um, I I think if anything happens, it will be in February. I've heard nothing of any real possibilities um, of something that would happen here late in the game. Now, I do know there are a couple of guys that Oklahoma is keeping an eye on. Uh, you know, as far as the offensive line goes, if they miss out on somebody. And I've mentioned a couple of them in Scoop. Um, uh, one of them being a, a, a kid named Terrence Rankle. Um, that is Oklahoma, like I said, has had some contact with him. Kid out of Ohio that's currently committed to uh, uh, Pittsburgh. And like I said, Oklahoma likes him, but I don't know that they're ready at this point to go all in or anything like that. They'll, they'll have to kind of see what happens. But this is a guy that Oklahoma's kept an eye on, and we will see, you know, in January, if if they were to miss out on Bird, maybe they go that direction. But I, at the same time, I think it's always going to be measured against what shows up in the transfer market, which I think we all accept is going to go just wild in the next three weeks of our lives. And there's going to be some players out there that OU may want to say, hey, we, we'd rather have you that has played at the college level, 
you know, we know we liked you as a recruit. You know, they, they have a little more information, a few more data points to go off of, and they may move in that direction if I was going to guess. So maybe be on the watch to see if Rankle signs Wednesday too? That Absolutely. And I, I have been told, should Oklahoma want to get involved with him, he is very amenable to that possibility. So I, my guess is he won't sign. Um, and I think if he doesn't sign, it tells you what he's thinking. If he, you know... Obviously, if he does sign, I think Oklahoma probably tells him, you know, and there's a few other schools. It's not just OU. I know Ohio State's involved with him as well, and there's kind of been a feeling that wherever Tristan Lee ends up, the other one may offer this kid. So we'll we'll see what happens, but he's an interesting kid to kind of watch and see what, what uh, takes place. What is uh, Max Numbers in your mind? I, you know, as I look at it, it's tough for me to get past about 22, maybe 23 in the right situation. Um, and, you know, you look at it right now, oh, you have 15 commitments. I, I like where they are with Bryce Foster. I like where they are with Kamar Wheaton. Um, Jordan Gilbert, still a possibility. Uh, who else? I'm forgetting a couple here. I know I am. Tristan Lee, obviously, and then Savion Bird. So in that case, you're looking at 20. So Oklahoma yeah. has some room there if they want to move around. But like I said, I keep hearing – two or three players in the portal. Like, I mean, I, I, I think Oklahoma knows this could get really interesting. And, guys, an interesting rumor about one of the uh, the big names in the transfer portal this week has been Eric Gilbert. I, I talked to a uh, someone in Georgia who we all know that had kind of said, hey, man, if he enters the portal, keep an eye on that because he has told several people that Oklahoma was actually his second choice to LSU and not Georgia. So... Huh. We'll we'll see. I mean, like I I don't know that that's gonna happen, but Eric Gilbert is a tremendously talented guy, and I can guarantee you, oh, you would find a spot for him. And then to kind of close out this section, me and Eddie watch uh, Talon Shetron one more time, not score a touchdown, but you had better luck. So, kind of take us through what 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 you saw Thursday, Friday. Yeah, Thursday I went and saw uh, Cody Jackson, uh, the 2021 wide receiver commitment from Richmond Foster in the Houston area, take on Jaden Blue, uh, the number one running back in the country in, 20, uh, in 2022 that um, Oklahoma has offered. I, talking to some people around Blue, I got the impression that Texas and LSU are, are going to be tough to beat there. Uh, we'll we'll kind of keep an eye on that. But, you know, with OU doing what they're doing with Sawchuck and Relique Brown and some of the other guys that they can kind of make some decisions on, I don't think they're too upset about that, but I mean, Jaden Blue's an outstandingly talented guy. I mean, that's, that's a guy they would like to have in their class. But if a guy is still serious about Texas right now, it makes you wonder if there's anything you could do to turn that away. Like, I mean, you know, what, what more do you need to see that Texas is probably not going to get you where you want to go? Um, and then, you know, same kind of story with LSU. I mean, they've, they've got their own problems right now. So, I, we'll, we'll see how that story evolves, uh, but looked great. I mean, guy made a lot of big explosive plays, very natural runner. Not the biggest guy, but very good between the tackles in spite of that. I really has nice vision, is very patient. I, I, I just like the way he works. Uh, Cody Jackson, you guys, you know, you had your streak continue with Talon Shetron. I got to break mine with Cody Jackson. Cody Jackson had like 150 yards receiving, had a couple touchdowns, um, really did did all that I had hoped to see him do in his career, and it took me four games to see it, but like finally got to see him kind of do his thing. 
And I think, you know, watching him that night, there wasn't anything that different he was doing. He got a little better service. He got a little better opportunity to make some plays. And I think when you look at it from that perspective, it makes you wonder, you know, maybe we're being too hard on him. Maybe at Oklahoma when he's playing with nothing but elite passers, it's going to look very different for him. And I think it will be better because what's the hardest thing for high school quarterbacks to complete? The vertical passing game. Well, what's Cody Jackson's hallmark? It's going downfield. So, you know, you understand some of it. Um, and then on Friday, uh, went up to Dallas to finally get my chance to see Jordan Hudson. And, man, I, I don't know if I came in and my expectations were too low or what it was, but I really liked what I saw from Jordan Hudson. I kind of had felt like he was kind of the third wheel in this wide receiver class with Shetron, right. uh, you know, being an elite guy, Luther Burden, almost everybody's number one wide receiver in the country. And Hudson kind of felt like the other guy, but man, watching him, I really liked him. I saw, and I, I don't know if it's just because these are the kind of guys OU recruits, but I keep seeing guys, I'm like, he kind of reminds me of Sterling Shepard. And that's kind of what I got in Jordan Hudson. Now, I don't think his hands are as elite as Sterling's are, but same kind of body type, moves very similarly, bigger guy than I thought he was going to be. Six foot, you know, maybe a little more. Uh, moves around really well. And I thought the thing that I came away with, kind of like Jalil Farouk in 2021, if Oklahoma wants to move him to corner, I don't have any problem with that. He had a nice pick, very physical guy. I mean, he's one of those guys that makes a hit and he stands over people. Like He he likes playing defense. It's not just a thing where, oh, I'm a good athlete, i got to go do it. He he plays that role and plays it well. So I, um, I, I, I came away much more impressed with Jordan Hudson than I had anticipated. When is the last time? I mean, DJ Graham might be the first athlete in a long time that just became a a great defensive back at Oklahoma. Unless you want to. Yeah. I mean, you have to go prior. I'm in, I'm in love Brooks, with that kid. For sure. I mean, are you talking about a kid that like wasn't really a DB and they just kind of turned him into a really good one? Well, the guy that it was kind of unknown coming in, like he might be an offensive guy, he might be a defensive guy. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, because I you could ar- I mean, you couldn't argue, but like Reggie Smith comes to mind, but it was always known Reggie was going to be a DB. He yeah. just happened to be a really good uh, offensive player at Santa Fe. Um, he was still a great special teams player. Yeah, yeah, Reggie was – he's one of those guys I think that people kind of forget how good he was because it was such a good era where there were so many good defenders. Do you know what Reggie Smith would look like on the defensive from like 2016 to 2018? He'd be – I mean, he'd be otherworldly compared to what they were rolling out there. Um, hmm. And you almost sound with Grinch like that he's still fighting that fight with Graham to get him – to fully commit to it like Gramps is doing well because that's where he's at but it's not where his passion's at but it's getting closer it feels like to him accepting that he can he's gonna be a first round pick yeah Yeah. he's gonna be a first round pick and he's like screw this I'm playing receiver Browns I like catching the football (laughs) that's like the uh, the, the basketball player that thinks he's gonna go to the NBA when he's 6'2 or something because he practices a lot. It's like, dude, open your eyes a little bit. You're about to make a bunch of money. Hey, it, it's it's like Jalen Redmond. Guy thought he was a basketball yep, sure. player until like his junior year of high school, and finally Midwest City was like, listen, you're 6'3", 230, and are the strongest guy on the basketball floor. 
come play some football. And, you know, that worked out okay for him. The the thing that I've taken away from DJ Graham, too, is he looks so comfortable out. It doesn't look foreign to him. That is what shocks me about this whole thing, Eddie, because he was a guy, I admit, and I, I think I put it out on Twitter during the game the other night, I wasn't sold on him. Like, I, I thought yeah. he was one of my real questions in the class because, A, I didn't think he would buy in at corner, and it sounds like that's fair, but he's so good it just doesn't even matter. Like, I mean, he's just that talented. And I thought him being the big, long-legged, long-strider kid that he is, I thought he would struggle a little bit, but he's, I mean, he, uh, but I don't know how as an OU fan with Woody Washington and DJ Graham as freshman corners, who will, who can be freshmen again next year. How do you feel better about your cornerback situation? I mean, that's the two best young corners this program has produced in a long time. Shit. Yeah. And you throw, uh, you know, depending on how he comes back from his injury, I haven't heard anything that would lead me to believe otherwise, but Like, I'm really excited to see how Justin Harrington fits into this whole thing. Can you imagine if he was playing safety right now? Oh, absolutely. And uh, Josh Eaton, in his his small moments, he's looked like a football player. I mean, like, there is promise there in that secondary. If they can figure out something at at safety, like I said, you get Jordan Gilbert, maybe get a – I still think even with Jordan Gilbert, they'll still look for another guy from the transfer market. But, boy, if you could get – a guy that can really help you to go along with Justin Harrington, your safety issues could be fixed in a year, which is just crazy to think about. Anything new with Jaden Woodby since we're talking safety? No. You know, I floated that out when that came out to a couple of people, and I just I didn't get much back. Like, it just didn't sound all that good. And I and I actually had someone reach out to me and say, hey, you know, there's – there's some real talk kind of within the Florida state program that he's just soft. Like he just doesn't want to do it. And obviously if there's any one word that I think Alex Grinch would more cringe at reading, it's soft, but secondarily, like it's it. it, I, and I kind of asked the guy and it it goes both ways. It's how you want to look at it. Is that just kind of that program right now? Like that's just, I like, and do you want to invite a guy that is part of that program into your locker room? That 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 program seems poisonous right now. Um, so it kind of makes you wonder, like, do I do I want to bring that into my locker room and maybe you know have have a problem where I don't have one for a guy that has far from you know lit the world on fire in Tallahassee. Yeah, and Lincoln doesn't need to take on character issues i mean he can pick and choose it's not like they're desperate right now exactly i mean and you know you used to say on defense you'd feel differently but the way they're starting to go no man leave it be isn't it kind of funny like all the programs that have been down and you thought were maybe trying to turn it around it's gotten worse at the florida states of the world at texas like i don't know what's going on at michigan but i mean that seems like a bad situation it's just kind of funny how that's worked out. I think I think it goes back to having some perspective because you knew that COVID was going to take some programs down. Like, just dealing with it. And to me, it probably says a lot about your coach that he didn't handle it very well. But it's just one of the, like, who, who is built to handle this stuff? I think some of it's luck, but... 
I don't know. I mean, Jim Harbaugh does not seem like a guy built to handle COVID. None of the Harbaugh's seem built for that. Well, I mean, the human body craves contact, so... <laughs> and milk and steak. <laughs> well, I don't disagree with him on those two. But every day... I mean, they're basically rewriting his contract so he, they can get a smaller uh, buyout, aren't they? Like the extension would be less money, but the buyout would come down? Yeah, I haven't even, to be honest with you, I haven't even paid that much attention to it. And uh, I guess there's been NFL teams that have reached out to Harbaugh. I mean, which is, I mean, hiring in the NFL is the weirdest shit ever because I, I saw Marvin Lewis's name thrown out there yesterday as a guy that should get a second opportunity. He was terrible. Yeah. Well, uh, no. And he got Marvin Lewis went to multiple. He took the Bengals to multiple playoffs. Like he didn't yeah. win any games, but he he's better got, than a lot he of got coaches. A lot of time to be average, though. I he mean, did. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I mean, built good raw. I mean, like I, I would say, if anything, he underachieved. But I, he's he did a lot more in the NFL than a lot of guys who've gotten multiple chances. He wasn't oh, he, yeah. like when they were on Hard Knocks. He he didn't embarrass himself on that. I mean, he seemed pretty put together. Well, I would I mean, think as a college coach, he'd Jackson's. be interesting. Now, Hugh Jackson's a moron. Jackson. Yeah. All right, uh, Bob's got to take off. Uh, we're going to handle it the rest of the way. Um, I, I'm going to lead the basketball segment, so I'm ready. There's no need to talk about that Xavier game. We've done all the Xavier talk that's going to happen. TCU, they just hit another three. TCU got hammered too, didn't they, the other night, last night? They lost like Providence like big. Well, I mean, nobody's embarrassing themselves like Bruce Weber in Kansas State right now, getting beat by Fort Hayes State. I don't know. Is it not more embarrassing that Mike Shashevsky's trying to get college football to shut down because he's sucking? He's the biggest, he's the biggest snake out there. Yeah. I'm glad. Did you see what Nate Oates, the uh, Alabama head coach, said today? No. I was. I'm. I'm now a fan of Nate Oates, and I didn't know who Nate Oates was until I Googled it. But he basically <laughs> called Coach K out. Nice. So I'm, I'm looking for the exact quote, but it was basically, "Do you think Coach K would be asking to uh, stop the season if he hadn't have lost two of three games?" He said, uh, "Do you think Coach K would be saying that if he hadn't lost two non-conference games at home?" Pretty awesome. Yeah, That's, I mean, it's... He's right. By the way, uh, our good friend Jeff Capel wants to shut the season down, too. Was, I wouldn't be able to see that. I'm blocked on who Twitter. He has blocked all of us on Twitter that work for Sooner Scoop. I think he blocked uh, Garen Emig as well. That's so odd. I mean, I, I can he see... blocked everybody on the OUB. I could see why he blocked me just because I was one of the ones that broke. He was getting fired. But I was always a big Tiny Gallon fan. I don't know what I did to him. <laughs> I mean, he just, you talk about bringing in bad kids. Oh, he oh would, yeah. He would bring in anyone as long as they had a McDonald's All-American jersey in their closet. Well, he blocked me, and I think we all know how much basketball I talk. That's weird. Like Someday we'll be able to write an entire book about Tommy Mason Griffin. I would, I, well, I would love do you to mean see all his volunteer work. I would or? love to see his tattoos right now, how they've progressed. He was the first Burger. neck tattoo uh, wearer in Oklahoma sports history. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's that's a hell of a uh, it's a hell of a badge to carry, isn't it? 
you know, I mean, that's... We all need trailblazers to look up to. Yeah. We've got to have true. a leader. Uh, let me ask your opinion on something. And I'm sure, like, I don't know how Josh would feel about this. Are you a... Uh, are either of you big into, like, buttercream icing? Or do you have, like, hatred for it? Uh, I'm not no, icing. I, I like it fine. Um... I'm not a big cake guy, though. Like, I don't do a lot of cupcakes or cakes in general. Like, I want pie. I, if I'm going to do something like that, I want a pie. I love cupcakes. I love birthday. I haven't had birthday cake in years and years. So I think I'm going to go get one today. Just a little okay. one. You okay. deserve it. We should have led with that. It's Carrie's birthday. Oh! And see, now I feel bad because, like, I brought it up. And I'm well, usually... Well, I, I usually don't care. Well... Eddie, did he send you the three different versions of his birthday wish list last week? <laughs> yeah. Like the things I, I he wants? Yeah. Kind of it's on the way. My Amazon wish uh, list? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, that one bidet is really over the top, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't need another bidet because I got one of the best ones. I didn't oh. get the Japanese one like Gabe Eichert has, but I got a pretty good one. So my, uh, my buddy, I was That's talking to Japanese him right before we went on. a real person? <laughs> <laughs> that might uh, be racist. So, uh, and I, he asked me to make sure that you know if this was going to be like a three spray day for you, like you give yourself a little extra love on your uh, birthday there, Carrie. No, but I have gone today and it was lovely. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't have to worry about toilet paper. I know that's becoming a shortage issue again with certain brands, but not for me. I don't have to worry about it. I'm Love good. It. So, uh, by the way, Josh, uh, ber- uh, Christmas cards in the mail yet? Uh, no, we haven't even taken the picture oh, yet. Oh man! The, 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 the I mean, this may Andy Leibovitz new- hasn't returned your call yet. It may be New Year's cards. You know, this year we're we're not sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I I usually take the picture, or I guess I have the last couple years. Um, but we may just end up using the ones from our little little photo shoot a couple weeks ago that you guys saw. So, you know, no, I, I really hate to kill the anticipation for you guys of seeing what the uh, the picture is going to be. But I think that's the way that may be. So, sorry, guys. Is everybody now at the age where someone just randomly asks what your address is and you're just like, oh, shit? Yeah. Yeah. We've had, we've had to send it a lot. Uh, lately and guys i don't know about you but every time we move and obviously we've done it twice this year there's always something you forget to change the address on and you're like shit you got to contact somebody and this hasn't been bad because our landlord of the house we rented was not he's a pretty good guy he's fine to deal with when you sell a house you're like i don't ever want to go back there like i don't ever want to see the people i sold this to if there's something they found that they're not happy about i don't care i don't want (laughs) to talk about it and so like our realtor, he probably had to go back three different times because we sold, we closed like Easter weekend. So we, it was like right at the start of COVID and like at one, like we had ordered our, um, passports to be renewed. Well, it took him like five months. Well, by the time it got back, we were gone. So he had to go back and get our passports for us. It, it was a, it was a debacle. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm sad to know that I, my Christmas card is not on the way because I've saved all of them from you. 
I have. I, I really have. I, Tiffany was Tiffany was moved by that, and then I told her you save all of them, and then she didn't feel quite as great. Well, I mean, you know, nieces and nephews and best friends and coworkers. How about that? Okay. Okay. Sure enough. Sure. Sure. Uh, what do you do with Eddie's? What What do Eddie's look like? Eddie's never sent me a Christmas card. I don't know if he's ever made any before. Eddie, you prick. I send out holiday cards. Is it like a picture of Tom Holiday on it, or what, what are we talking about here? Well, I, I, you know, everybody doesn't celebrate Christmas. It's 2020. We don't want to be offensive. Oh, you're, you're being progressive. That That's always been something yeah. I've noticed about you, Eddie. Right. Yep. Very thoughtful of other people. I cards last year, and then I got, like, to the uh, ordering portion of it, and it was, like, <laughs> 80 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's and then you got to put stamps on them and put them in the post office box. And... <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's probably my biggest thing is like I don't want to have to get everybody's addresses. So I just do away with it. It's kind of like a addresses I think one day are going to be like the home phone. They're just going to be done away with at some point. I was wondering this the other day because I'm replacing all the switches and light uh, light switches and outlets in my house. Like when they build new house, like you have a new house, do they even put phone lines through houses anymore? Um. Uh, Yes, they do. Well, I guess Josh could tell us. I mean, just build a house. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like there, but it's not like it's done strictly to the use of other things. Like our our whole house was they were far more concerned about where to put like coax or Ethernet, like uh, Ethernet lines and stuff like that instead of, you know, where are we going to put a phone line? Because I don't I don't think we, I, now they are here. Like, I know you could wire it. But we don't have a phone jack anywhere in this house. Yeah, that's interesting. I was wondering that. I, I really hadn't thought of it until you said that, but that's exactly right. Hmm. The phone lot, the big phone has uh, really fallen on hard times, I guess. Mm. All right. Um, so no West Virginia this weekend. Um, signing day coming up on Virginia. Let me ask you this, Josh. Uh, having no game... This weekend, do you think that could help Oklahoma just because they can concentrate more on Zooms with kids? I, I would think that has a very positive impact. Now, <laughs> the problem's going to be you've got Tristan Lee at Florida. So, I mean, how much is he going to be able to do? Kamar Wheaton is a ghost. He doesn't actually exist, I think, except on a football field each week. Um, and then, so you now you do have Bryce Foster uh, and, and then um, Savion Bird who's going to be, you know, both playing in their own playoff games this weekend as they get started at the uh, the big school level for the state of Texas. So, I, I mean, I don't think there's any question they are going to – I will be interested to see if they kind of create something, like some kind of final push here where they say, okay, we don't have to do all the West Virginia content, all that other stuff. Let's get moving with this. And maybe they create something extra for signing day and something they were going to use on signing day gets pushed – a couple days early, I, I, it's it'll be interesting, but I guarantee they will do what they can with this time. And I bet you, you're starting to see it a little bit. I bet you see some more 2022 offers start going out. It, you know, this the 21 classes obviously, and we've been talking about it. It's basically wrapped up. You got the five star kids out there that are going to make the decisions. But uh, you know, we've we've had some national content running this week on Sooner Scoop, just as far as 2022 and what Oklahoma you know, preliminary is doing with the four commitments already on the offensive side of the football, Josh. It seems like that 2022 class, when you put together what they're doing on the field defensively, 
they could make that jump in 2022 with defensive guys, right? Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, you look I mean, at Kobe what... Kobe obviously, in 22. Yeah, yeah, you start with Kobe, and then, you know, you consider Oklahoma's a heavy leader for Gentry Williams right now. I think they're a heavy leader for Gabe Dindy, the big uh, rivals on her defensive lineman from Florida. I think they lead for Tyson Ford, who I've talked to recently and will actually have some in the scoop about, but I, I think he is very close to a decision, maybe in the next four to six weeks, something like that. I mean, he, I, I think that could be coming. Um, and then the uh, the other is Keithy and Alexander, the uh, bear from Denton Ryan that obviously plays with Billy Bowman and I think has really built a good relationship with Calvin Thibodeau. So you talk about those. If Oklahoma, you know, you go get a Christian driver at safety, you find another corner in this class. I mean, there are – you don't have to get real far down the road for Oklahoma to have not just one of the better – defensive groups in the last you know few years for them but probably one of the better defensive classes in the whole country for 2022 and and kudos i guess we should point it out to uh calvin thibodeau i mean he's up for the broils award which an incredible job with that defensive line despite people that have tried to slander his name basically yeah uh, it's impressive you know i i wonder how that plan is going to work to fire him because uh, it was just a one-year deal, and then they were going to get rid of him. It's going to be tough to do coming off a of Broyles nomination, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that's still in the plans. I'm sure that's going to happen. Classic. All right. Uh, look, we'll keep an ear to the ground. Stay on SoonerScoop.com. Uh, we'll see if Ryan Day makes that call. Yes. Uh, and uh, I don't think you have to worry about it. I don't think it's. I think Oklahoma's just going to hang out and sit at home this weekend. I think Ohio State will do the same. Um, I don't need this right now. This all this damn negativity. But if you think Ryan I'm being Davis negative? A real writer, he would take a screenshot of his phone that he called Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, that would be Ooh, amazing. Yeah, that would be good. Very good. Because it would just show Lincoln Riley, wouldn't it? It wouldn't show his number. I'm looking. Yeah, I think so. Well, Lincoln Riley, if 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 Lincoln Riley was in his phone, yeah, it would. I wonder if he has his number. Maybe we need to. Somebody needs to step up and facilitate it. I guess. Who would have both of their numbers? You know who could get both of their numbers? Baker. Surely Baker, with all the Ohio connections, he'd get Ryan Day's number in about a well, second. I could get his number from Kevin Wilson. Night. Carrie. The, the, uh, and, should, you know, the one, the should, one media gonna, member they're going to allow in the stadium, it's going to be the guy who facilitated, I'm who made it happen. I'm going to text Kevin Wilson right now as we're talking. Here, let me. Uh, Kevin Wilson. Uh, game day. In Columbus <laughs> for OU this week. Sent. Okay, we'll see if he responds. I talked to him this year at some point in the preseason. You can, we can't talk about Kevin Wilson at this time of the year without thinking of the great uh, airport standoff. It's yeah, it was all, really it an, was it was an all time story. It made my heart hurt to see Shane Beamer uh, on an airport tarmac. I mean, like all the things we've lost in twenty twenty. 
I miss airport tarmac. I miss coach searches. I mean, those are just, I, those are some of my favorite moments being in this profession. Well, the Brent Venables, Clemson, uh, stakeout at Wiley Post. I mean, that's one of those things, though, <laughs> isn't it? That, like, it's fun. It's exhilarating. It's also a lot of work, though, too. Like, the coaching searches and stuff like that. If Kevin calls me, should I put it on the air? Yeah. I'd get in a lot of trouble for doing that. Yeah. That's okay. But he seems so mild-mannered. I'm sure he'd take it fine. Carrie, what did, what did you think of the uh, the South Carolina move for Beamer? I, that all kind of came together relatively pretty quickly. I know that you did a podcast with uh, with the rivals guys from South Carolina. Are they? I mean, it seems like the, the the former players are really excited about that. Yeah, you know, their whole I, I, it was interesting to kind of get their uh, you know take on what they're looking for from Shane Beamer. And what's interesting is. You know, they're hoping that they're getting a piece of Lincoln Riley more than uh, a Beamer. To me, th- I mean, that was the whole line of questioning. It seems like that's what their fans are most interested in is, is he going to run Lincoln Riley's offense? And obviously, Garrett Riley's name has been associated with that OC job. Uh, and, you know, I was on their board looking at stuff and, uh, they were coming up with all these ideas like Garrett Riley could be the co-OC with this, you know, stuff that fans do that's not really realistic. Um, but yeah, you would never, Garrett Riley would never go somewhere where he was the co-OC. I mean, you're going to hire him. Lincoln Riley did the, would, would do the same. He would never take a job where he wasn't completely in charge of the offense. I mean, and maybe they're that way because that's how Clemson works. And maybe they think yeah. that that's, you know what they need to do or that's what successful programs do but they were really interested in kind of the staff makeup that Lincoln Riley had you know what type of coaches what type of positions um all of that and they were surprised by the whole two wide receiver coaches and you know I don't know what Lincoln will do I mean he hinted that maybe he'll shake things up a little bit and how his assistants are um you know um built you know I don't I don't know if he would move someone or just have one receiver coach or how that would work out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good move for Shane Beamer because it's a power five program. He's been there. He knows what it's all about. He's not going to be surprised by anything. Uh, and I mean, you got to sink or swim at some point as a head coach and, and he's been building toward this. So I think it's a good move. Uh, that's a place where, you know, you have enough recruiting talent around you and it'll be up to him to kind of, and I told them, you know, what Shane Beamer learned most from Lincoln Riley probably was that practice and game days are number one, but number two is recruiting above everything else. And that's uh, boosters, that's media, that's, you know, everything. I mean, Lincoln Riley placed recruiting on a higher level than Bob Stoops ever did. And that's a big reason why he's so successful. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I don't, it's, it's like one of those things you can't turn down an SEC job. I get that. But competing against Georgia and Florida in that division is just, it's a big ask. And I don't know what the realistic expectations are from a South Carolina fan base either. I like, I just from the outside looking in, I would think that's a fan base that probably thinks that they're a little bit in a better position than they really are. I don't know. That's just my guess. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough job for anybody. But I think the thing about Shane Beamer is... And it's It'll what I together, told. Uh, it's going to be a who's who staff. Yeah, for he'll sure. be able. He has so many connections in coaching, uh, whether that's tapping into Bud Foster, whether it's tapping into his father, whether it's tapping in, you know, to everywhere he's been, Oklahoma, Georgia, uh, you know. It, and I'm not saying he would pull OU assistance. That was the worry I know on the board from the beginning. But if you pull a Garrett Riley as your offensive coordinator and you're successful, like. That's the that's the best you could hope for in you know having taken that Oklahoma job. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Oklahoma does. And you're right, like I, it almost feels like Riley and he was asked about it again on Tuesday as far as replacing Beamer. Don't you think that they wait and kind of see where all the uh, you know the dust settles? I guess as far as if they lose anybody else, and then you go in and kind of rework it. I mean, I know that we've thrown out like those four names. Uh, that seem to be the most popular, and three of them with connections back to Oklahoma and uh, John Cooper, Joe John Finley, and Sharon Moore. But I don't know. It seems like they might maybe wait through this next week, but then you you roll right back into the bowl season. It's going to be kind of strange how it all goes down. You know, it's it's interesting because you know Lincoln Riley has. Speaking of landlines, I was like uh, that was so foreign to my ears. <laughs> Thought I was at a car dealership all of a sudden or See, something. See, I only have that because of the studio. Um, but, uh, you know, with Lincoln Riley, he's brought in his own guys and Dennis Simmons, and then Shane Beamer was his. Uh, Jay Bulware was already here. So was, uh, even though he's worked with uh, Bill Biedenboe, he, he was here already. Kale was here already. Uh, and then it was kind of all Mike's guys and Bob's guys, and now it's Grinch's guys. But, like... Calvin Thibodeau is an OU guy. Kale Gundy's an OU guy. DeMarco Murray's an OU guy. Um, it, at what point does he kind of branch out a little bit and not just bring in an OU? That's why I'm wondering, like, is John Cooper or Joe John Finley or Sharon Moore, are they really legitimate candidates or are their their names just coming up because they make a lot of sense because they're OU guys? Yeah. You know, I, I, was, I, I was, I guess, not surprised, but... Joe John Finley's done a damn good job of getting tight ends and having them produce. I mean, you look at the guys that he's had at all three stops in the SEC, they've had at least one guy that has kind of been a dude for them. Missouri and Ole Miss both had really good tight ends, yeah. Yeah, and the I mean, the Ole Miss kid right now that he's coaching is, I believe, second on the team in receptions. Well, he's at A&M, that, though, right? Isn't Joe, John, Ole Miss. isn't Joe John at A&M? He was at AM. He was only there for a year. Joe Jones okay. at uh, Old Miss now. Okay. He's working with Lane Kiffin. Interesting. Yeah. It will be interesting to see what happens there, though. It's good for Shane Beamer, though. I I was it, it's like selfishly I wanted to see him have one more run with OU, but I mean, pretty damn good job. And I'm definitely gonna hit him up next time I'm in uh out at Augusta, try and play with him. And let me say this about, like, Joe John and, and John Cooper, too. Like, those guys really worked to get into this profession. Like, they – people always talk about, you know uh, – I mean, there's some former players, they're like, yeah, I want to be into coaching, but they don't go through – it's like I remember Derek Strait came back. You remember that? He's like, yeah, I'm going to get into coaching. And I think he did it for a little bit. He's like, yeah, this sucks, man. There's That's too much work for not enough money. And – I think a lot of those guys, you know, they don't go through the struggle, but both, you know, Cooper, uh, you know, he was 
a GA. He was a, a OC. He was trying to get, you know, the thing is that people don't want to hear this. Like, they're really close with Jeff Levy, uh, both Joe John and, and Coop. Uh, but Cooper's really worked hard to get into coaching, and he got that break with Sam Pittman uh, getting the Arkansas job and hired him. So these are guys that do the work. I mean, they are hardcore. They're, they're in it to coach. They're not in it for the fame or the money. Like, they just love coaching. So uh, I don't know how good either one of them would be as recruiters. That, that would be the biggest question. But I know when Coop got that Arkansas job, uh, he called me. And just said, hey, if you see anybody, um, just let me know. Because, uh, you know, we're really looking for, for people. And uh, so, I mean, he's he's definitely grinding. I know that everybody plays a little bit of a hand in special teams. And I know that uh, Ryan Doherty does a lot down there uh, in Norman right now with special teams. But do you think that this hire would have to be somebody that has some type of special teams-esque background? I think so, but then, you know, Kale has a lot of background in special teams. Um, sure. Well, and then there's rumors about Kale out there, which, I'll be honest, guys, that doesn't make any sense to me. And it's not to say really? that I don't think that Kale would do a good job. It just, like, why now, I guess? But it's it's the same thing. It's, it's the Beamer, just like with Beamer, it's the Lincoln-Riley effect. People want... People who sure. work for Lincoln. It's just like Zach Taylor, the reason he's got a head coaching job in the NFL. Um, who else came from the McVay tree uh, that's out there? Uh, Zach Robinson's now with him that was at Pro Football Focus. Um, well, guys, wouldn't you say that the Beamer thing, does that, does that make Kale feel a little more like, okay, if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? Like, or I'm just going to be an OU assistant forever. And I'm not even saying Kale's against that idea, but if he wants to be a head coach at some point, it feels like he's going to have to step out of Norman. Yeah, yeah and, he, and I've, talked, last... I've talked to Kale about that before, and he said, yeah, I, I want to be a play caller someday. I, I, I would love to be a head coach like my brother. Like, he has those aspirations, mm -hmm. but he's also, you know, been happy. His family's, you know, gone to school here. They've grown up here. Uh, his wife's got a nice career here. Uh, he's, you know, when I talk to guys like Blake Bell uh, and, you know, hanging out with him and, and like Gabe or something and, and Austin Woods, like they could not speak more highly of Kale Gundy um, and just the fact of what he does for those guys that are GAs and, uh, you know, gives odd jobs and, and help helping him out with like house sitting and things like that. Like, He's just a he's a guy's guy. He's a dude. They all love him. So uh, he's he's very comfortable just being an assistant at Oklahoma. He enjoys that life. Yeah. Yeah. After the last couple of years, I guess I've just almost become, I guess, comfortable with the idea that Kale was going to be a lifer and that he didn't want to branch out. But uh, when you say that, Kerry, I, I remember he said that in the past that he wants to be a play caller. And I remember thinking how surprising that was. At the time, wasn't that at uh, one of the playoffs? I think it was the Georgia Rose Bowl. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I don't know. It, it's going to be kind of interesting. I mean, I. But like I, I like said on the board, I'm sorry. Like I said on the board, it seems like Mark Stoops is. It doesn't seem like that's a good fit. If you want to bring in, like, it seems like Mark Stoops is only looking at Lincoln to try and appease someone besides himself. 
because he's so conservative. Compared to Bob, yeah. he's very conservative. Yeah, they, they've never opened up that offense at any point ever. And Although Terry Wilson can come back next year. You know, you're just appealing to me on all my levels. Now, you know I love some Terry Wilson. <laughs> he's good, man, when he's healthy. Yeah, he just, God, he can't ever stay healthy. And a part of that's the style he plays and the style of offense they run. They put him in harm's way a lot. So Sorry, Eddie, I interrupted you. Oh, no, you're good. I, it, that's, a, that's a good way to finish. All right, uh, no game with West Virginia. Thank God we did the pod when we did, so I'm sorry it's a day late, uh, but at least it's not old news like it would have been had we done it yesterday. Uh, still have not heard back from Kevin Wilson. Um, so well, He dick. must be already, he's probably, he probably has no time. He has a game plan for Alex Grinch, I guess. He's scheming it up yeah, right he now. he probably is. That's probably what's going on. No, we'll be halfway through the South Dakota State game. Trust me, right. Missouri State guys. Okay, I'm I'm working. Uh, you guys, Eddie or Carrie, finish the pot. I'm going to tweet out breaking news. We're hearing OU and Ohio State are playing. So uh, I got it. <laughs> make sure you add a link. <laughs> Let's make some money off of it. You know, people have been fired for that kind of thing, Josh. <laughs> oh, oh. Just came out. OU opens as a five point favorite against <laughs> Iowa State. Stop it. No, Iowa State. Iowa State. Oh, Iowa, Iowa State. State. Iowa State. Iowa okay. State. <laughs> I I definitely think Ohio State would be a favorite. I would say uh, yeah. six. Yeah, that's about right. I was saying six or seven. I, Ohio State's a little better team than Oklahoma is. They they just are. Would um, love to see OU's defense. See what they can I would do too. against them though. I would too. I and I think that would be that would be a litmus. They're not really get a feel for the where one they thing are. about Ohio State. They're not great at running back. The Who's no. the guy that starts over Sermon? He's got a great name. Uh, major, uh, what is it? Something, it's ma something is it major, major Teague oh. or something like that? Yes, that's exactly what it is. I okay. mean, dude, ah, come on. That's right out of a cartoon. Master Teague. Master, Master Teague. Teague, yes. That's what it is. Great name. Uh, yep. But, yeah, they're not great at running back. I mean, they're great at receiver, though, and they're great <laughs> at quarterback. Yep. yep. I would love to see what Garrett would do against OU's defense. I will say from like, from here on out and Josh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but like, doesn't it feel like just as a whole with the Oklahoma season, the way that things are progressing. And if you can win another big 12 championship, you get to a new year's day bowl. Like the best case scenario for them is to go win, win and go into an off season in which you have probably the highest expectations for a team going into 21 than they've had in Four or five years is—is is that the best case scenario? <sighs> Heading into next year, class in twenty-one. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. What I'm saying is, is like I'm I'm with you on the idea of what you said a couple years ago. Like this team probably doesn't need to go to a playoff. Like I think winning a bowl game and going into an off season with not that negativity that comes from, and maybe they could win a playoff game. I don't know, but like it, it feels very important, especially this year going into the offseason, that they have some good momentum. And I think that you can build that with Caleb Williams and everybody else that he will be bringing in. I don't know. It, it just feels like a win-win to end the season would be a major positive for OU. I, I agree completely because, I mean, you start talking about it because, I mean, there uh, is there going to be a season, guys, that's more anticipated than this 2021 season just because of the chance that we all get to go back to something normal that looks like a normal football season, looks like a normal football game. 
You know, we don't know, but I think that's everybody's hope. And it, it seems a reasonable one to me. Um, so it feels like almost immediately, the second whatever this season ends like, once it's over, the, the top 25 for next year is going to go crazy. You're going to have all this explosion. And I think you're going to also have such an interesting dynamic of these guys deciding to come back or going pro or which guys just decide like, you know, like a, uh, for lack of a better example, like an Eric Swenson, is he going to come back? He can, but does he want to like he addressed you know, that, that, that this week? He said he hadn't decided yet what he's going to do. Okay. Yeah. I, Whereas Roddy I, Perkins I, said, I just want to put more on Phil. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, I think that put that to bed. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I do. And I, I think, if you could have some momentum, especially, like I said, I, I think the best case scenario in the world for Oklahoma is you play in the Cotton Bowl, you play, what, Texas A&M probably, it's going to be a heck of a game, you know, if you could come out with a 27-24 win or, you know, whatever, hey, then not only have you ended on a win, but against one of your primary recruiting, you know, opponents, You've gotten a win on a neutral field. Like, so th- there's all this momentum you can build there. If it's Florida, that's fine. But I think Texas A&M and a win, of course, is the dream scenario. You lose that game, then all these things are in reverse for you. So I, and I, guys, I, I've said it for a couple of years now. 2021 feels like the year this has all been building to, to me. Um, now there, there's going to be some pieces you just don't know. Like, obviously, I think, like we've just said, Ronnie's going to be gone. Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, there's question marks, but there is a lot coming back in 2021, even if they didn't have the ability to just say 2020 doesn't count. All right. I think yeah, that's a good place to end. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, thanks a lot to uh, Bob Prisbillo who had to uh, run. Thanks to uh, Josh and Eddie for uh, being a part of this, and glad we could get the pot out when we did. Uh, don't forget to check out Dead Soxy, D-E-A-D-S-E-X-Y dot com, and uh, get, get, take advantage of that holiday promo uh, that they're running. It's not the Bedlam special that uh, we once had that was a great promo that you guys did a great job supporting, but uh, enter that promo code uh, Holiday Pro. Uh, and uh, you will get a 35% discount. Uh, do it quickly so you can get those great uh, Dead Soxy Christmas gifts. So thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.